This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question comes from June. She starts with Genesis 3.1, which reads, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And that is a crazy verse in itself. <laughs> and June follows up to say, And as far as I understand, Satan was slash is an angel. Were the angels made as beasts of the field? I love these kind of questions. The speculation with which we read the creation account, I mean, it's impossible to avoid, right? Oh, gosh. We have these images, whether it was flannel graph or a film strip or a movie we saw about Jesus or the garden, the yeah. creation of the world. Our brain goes there. The serpent is used in this storyline. Let's say, for the record, I don't know if you walked up right before. You know, there, there's this whole <laughs> right, thing the about curse the curse. He crawls on, on his, his belly, belly the rest of his life. Uh, so right. you look at a salamander that has these useless little legs, you right. know, and there's all this speculation. Right. Goodness gracious. If you want to go not too deep, but a, a fairly good reference book, C, letter C, Fred Dickinson okay. wrote a book called Angels, Elect, and Evil. I've heard you talk it's about this It's an older book. Mm-hmm. It's probably been revised, buy it used. It is an extraordinary book because he just goes through the scriptures every time an angel or a demon or the devil Mm -hmm. or the minions Mm -hmm. are mentioned, he gives a citation and a brief explanation Mm -hmm. of it. He does a great job. We talked in another Ask Dr. E about hermeneutics and biblical theology. He does a great job with a biblical hermeneutic, and I think it's a standard book. I've not seen anyone else do what... Dr. Dickinson did. Anyway, it usually about used. If this is an area you're interested in, number one, the Genesis account does not mention the creation of angels. Mm-hmm. We don't know when they enter the story, if you will, or God's plan. So June's question, we don't have anything in the Bible that's going to tell us right. what time they're in the order of things. There's no indication that animals were angels, period. Right. Secondly, most Bible scholars have a couple of opinions on when angels did come into God's plan. In the beginning, there was darkness above the earth, tohu vabohu. Uh There's darkness and there's nothing, there's no light. I don't know that that excludes there's no angelic realm because he's building earth, if you will, Mm -hmm. but let's say they are not around yet. Norman Geisler, who is with the Lord and I miss him, and he's a wonderful apologist and a, a good theologian, He believed that angels were the means by which God created and sustained the universe. Interesting. The laws of physics, light, atmosphere, planetary rotations, that yes, God's sovereign and he can do all that, but the way he did it was with angelic power. Hmm. And when you look at Paul's talks about thrones, rulers, principalities, thrones, and dominions, those terms are talking about a realm we can't see or touch. Most believe, most biblical students believe that's the angelic realm. I like to think of it just for my own brain as an atmosphere, Mm -hmm. that there's this space we don't involve ourselves with, but it exists. There's spiritual warfare goes on in that, Mm -hmm. in that area, if you want to call it that. And so he held that God built these magnificent creatures Angel means a sent one mm-hmm. to do what he tells them to do. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel only speaks when God sends him mm-hmm. to talk to Elizabeth and talk to Mary. Michael only is involved when he dispatches him to do certain things. So the timing of when they enter the creation account. It's in question. Don't we don't know. Yeah. 
older theorists have their views, younger have their views. It doesn't matter. God creates these beings in the beginning. I think they're probably around. Now, third, by the time Scripture talks about angels, we have good and evil. Mm-hmm. And this passage being one of them, we're already seeing Satan as a fallen creature very quickly, of course. He's doing something against God. Once we're introduced to this, we got to decide where did the good and bad ones come from. Now, he seemed to be the highest-ranking angel mm-hmm. in the created order of angelic minions and dominions. So probably, and there's debate about Lucifer, Gabriel, Michael, what order they might have been. Probably Michael was number two, and then mm-hmm. Gabriel. Well, it doesn't really matter, but there is this hierarchy. Genesis 3.15, Satan, who uses serpent mm-hmm. to test Eve, is, of course, judged in that mm-hmm. passage that Jesus is going to crush him. His head and, with his heel. Uh-huh. In fact, if you are if you come around Catholic statues, your grandmother had a statue of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh-huh. And so it's Jesus, and he's got a big heart, and there's a Madonna, and on her heel is a snake uh-huh. that she's stepping on uh-huh. in this little statue-esque yep. thing she had. That was the way the Catholics talked about it. Traditionally, there were two passages we looked at to understand the fall of Satan and where demons and Satan come from. And those are Ezekiel 28 yep. and Isaiah chapter 14. I'm not sure why more recent scholarship, and I'm going to say the last three to four decades, has Push these passages aside and not chosen to uh-huh. use them. Have you studied that in seminary? Uh-huh. Well, I just I only did like a unit on angelology. I didn't do like I'm sure you did like a whole class in your program, but it was very like the truth is we just really know very little, right. and so we looked at the classic passages. But my professor kind of said we don't really know that right. this is about what we've been saying that it's about, and so and that that's a, a more recent thought. Yeah, um, I'm old. I'm old school, and when I, I reread these passages yesterday, and I went, it's pretty hard to get around these not having, if not one-to-one application, certainly an illustration of what happened. Let me yeah. just read parts of Isaiah 14, 12 to 17. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You've been cut down to earth, you who have weakened the nations, but you said in your heart, and these are the so-called five I wills, in Isaiah 14, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. I won't read the rest of it, but that sounds like Satan. Also, I wonder, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's fall short because someone would have made this connection. But I wonder how that parallels with when Satan tempted Jesus, like how those five kind of correlate. There's a lot of parallels. You should write a paper on that. Thanks. (laughs) Ezekiel 28 is another one. I mean, let's just take it at face value. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation over the king of Tyre. And this is where, granted, the king of Tyre is much later in the storyline. So were these prophetic, in a sense, backward glancing of this is what happened to Mm -hmm. Satan. Is he like the king of Tyre? And that's where I see where they might dismiss it, but it's just hard to escape. Thus says the Lord God, you had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Yeah. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, 
all these beautiful, it's an ornamental thing. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. Mm. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of stones of fire. You were blameless in all your ways from the day you were created. Yeah. King of Tyre wasn't created in that way, right? right? Until righteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence. Wow. You sinned. Therefore, I've cast you as profane from the mountain of God, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's just hard for Are me. you in Lagos? Can you see what cherub, what the Hebrew word? That I was, can't write the okay, second. Okay, because that but, was the yeah. other thing that I learned in this angelology is, you know, first of all, we use angel. It's a Greek word that they, like, Angelos. made up yeah. for— There was no angel in the Hebrew, and so it was more like little right. gods or something that had, like, a divine spirit to it. Right. And so, anyway, so it even it makes it kind of complicated of knowing— Well, how do you label an angel? Right. I mean, right. The, well, he, right. he's mm-hmm. not— human they're not god Mm -hmm. they're these special creatures who don't procreate Mm -hmm. the new testament says they look upon our salvation with wonder Mm -hmm. and curiosity i mean they're an interesting interesting topic continuing in my list here every new testament author mentions satan christ refers to him 25 times wow he has a lot of names satan devil evil one great red dragon serpent of old baden adversary belial beelzebub which is a play on the Lord of the Fly, the ruler mm. of the world, prince of the power of the air, enemy, the tempter, the murderer, so forth and so on. Wow. An interesting passage that I've not seen used in this discussion, not that it isn't, I've just not read it in my years, is Jude chapter 9. Or Jude verse 9. Jude yeah. chapter 1, there's only one chapter. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses. Oh, yeah did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, I love this verse for a number of reasons. When I studied Greek and Hebrew, I was named a Catholic family, of course. So my brother, Stephen, James, I'm Michael Jerome. I think it's the first time I've ever acknowledged my middle name. <laughs> oh, it's out there now. Everyone knows. You never take it back. They were Catholic names. Yeah. And so Michael was defined as who one is, who is like mm. God. Which, you know, when you're a punk kid, you go, hey, I'm like God. <laughs> well, in seminary, I realize it's a question. Mm-hmm. The M in this case is a prefix, is a question. Mikael, L, like Elohim. Mm-hmm. It's a question. Who is like God? No one. Answer? Nobody. Yeah. That's a very cool name. Yeah. So when I meet a little boy named Michael, I always <laughs> take the time him. to explain, do you know what your name means? Oh, you know. And of course, they think, who's this weird dude? But, um, <laughs> I love the setup for it because when you looked at Michael the Archangel, you go, I mean, think of the way he described Lucifer, beryl and diamond, this dazzling, beautiful. And that's a good example of symbolic and anthropomorphic Mm -hmm. and allegoric language. This thing was beautiful to look at, this angel. Michael was in the same, you know, created order, if you will. Jude 9 is talking about Arguing about the body of Moses is a great rabbit hole, but the point is Satan had some vested interest in this body because he was the chosen servant of God. Michael's there doing what the Lord sent him to do to prevent it. Michael can't overstep what God told him to do. Mm. He can only do what God sent him to do, mm-hmm. and that's why Jude says he could not pronounce a railing judgment. Hmm. He's restrained. 
Lucifer, Satan on their hand, does whatever he wants because yeah. he absorbed his yes. role yes. and the minions that went with him. And some believe it, you know, it was about a third, whatever that means. Interesting. So the reason I bring this up, I think it's a fascinating passage to look at who this Satan is and the fact that he's hands off Job, which is the oldest book in the Bible. Right. We introduced him right, right away in chapter yep. one, verse yep. three. He and God had this conversation. What are you doing? I'm walking around the earth, which is not a, hey, I'm hanging out. It's like, I have dominion over yeah. what you said man had dominion over. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And then there's this, will you consider my servant Job? All this to say, my two cents is, don't waste your time on Hollywood's versions of angels and being touched by angels and so <laughs> forth. Nobody's touched by anything. It's just good fiction. But what does the text tell us about who these beings are? Mm-hmm. They're not necessary to understand them for our salvation. Yeah. They're not necessary yeah. to understand what we do know about them for your personal maturity and growth other than they're taught in Scripture, they yeah. exist, they do yeah. God's bidding. And I do think Geisler may have been onto something. Interesting. That even though God is sovereign and speaks by fiat and create out of nothing, he chose this angelic realm mm-hmm. to do something. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they are holding the laws of physics together, and we just don't see it. I think that the spiritual realm is like magnificently more important and vital in our daily lives and everything, and we don't know about it on purpose. Like, I just think the Lord, I mean, really, we have very limited information in the Bible, but we have exactly what we need to be faithful. And I I think eternity will be like, what was, (laughs) you know, in shock about how, Everything was truly... Well, and when you see the holy, holy, holy that they're dispatched, yeah. we're going to be, you've often heard me say, when we cross from this life threshold to eternal life, we're going to be so blown away by the personal work of Christ, by whatever this realm is. We're never going to look back, go, oh, I miss my whatever. Right. We're going to be so enthralled and we're going to go, what was I ever worried about? Yeah. Why yeah. did I ever fear? Yeah. And this is what he provided for us. And I think the angelic realm is going to be the most spectacular showcase to point to the person and majesty of Christ. Mm. We have a thimble of information yeah. about the oceans yeah, of God, yeah. and uh, it'll it'll be mind-blowing. Yeah. All right. Well, if you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.